Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jake in the Paint podcast. I'm here with Coach Bruce Kelly from the Bola School in Potomac, Maryland. He's here for the first ever edition of the Coach's Corner podcast. I'd like to welcome him. Jake, I didn't realize I was the uh, inaugural edition yes, here. That's yes. quite an honor. Thank you. No problem. I cannot thank you enough for coming out. So what I'm going to do with these Coach's Corner podcasts is I'm going to go around the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area and interview some of the area's top high school coaches kind of get a feel for you, give you guys an insight on what it's like to run and manage one of these top caliber high school programs. So that's why Coach Kelly is here with you today. Once again, I cannot thank him enough. And I'm going to tell him a little about yourself really quickly. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do the honor. Um, he's been coaching at Boa since 2004. He's a seven-time IAC champion. He was the coach of the year from the Washington, in the Washington Post in 2014. And had the honor of coaching the 2015 McDonald's All-American game. He coached the East team. We'll talk about all that stuff later, but once again, thank you for coming out, and I'm honored to have such an accomplished coach for the inaugural Coach's Corner podcast. Oh, Jake, you, uh, you've, you're too kind, man. You're too <laughs> kind, but thank you very much, and uh, I, I think all of us in the DMV appreciate your love and zest for basketball. Thank and, you. Uh, trying to promote uh, area high school basketball, so we all appreciate you and your efforts. Thank you, man. I mean, come such a long way since I just started this in eighth grade, and very excited about doing this, starting the podcast, and this is just another part of the journey. So first off, I just wanted to start off in some general questions for you. What do you think, and this is, I'm asking this to every coach because I just get a feel for you and how the program runs. What do you think your responsibility is as a head basketball coach? Whew. All right. Varies, varies. Um, try, try to have an individual plan for, for each of the boys mm -hmm. in our uh, program okay mm -hmm. and, and in some cases uh, you're, you're you're just trying to help their dreams come true and yeah, just definitely. try to uh, be another step in the process to, to, to so they could further their basketball goals mm -hmm. sometimes you have to be the more realist and sort of adjust the right. goals right. Uh, sometimes you have to help with more habits which will be successful for life mm -hmm. other times you have to give that guy a, a little bit more confidence and boost that uh, hey we believe in you you can do this mm -hmm. so that's the that's really the, the the fun and joy of coaching because every child is different. different yeah I mean that that's the one thing I took away from you saying that for me, from an outside perspective, and playing, playing basketball since I was in elementary school, that's always been the number one thing for me as a coach is identifying like, what each player needs from a coach, whether it's a confidence booster or, like you said, being more realistic, being on them. Some people, they're lacking in the classroom. They need you to be on them. But maybe if you see a talented player that's losing a bit of confidence, like, maybe he needs that boost. And I, I think you hit that perfectly. That's it's a case by case and everything is different. Everything is different. Just, just like the teachers in the classroom, mm -hmm. that's different children uh, excel in different aspects of the, the subject. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our jobs are to fill that gap the best we can. Mm -hmm. I mean, that segues into what do you think is your responsibility as a coach? And of course it's different player by player, but when you wake up every day, what do you think your responsibility is as the basketball coach? Oh, off season mm -hmm. uh, right now is that 
that the, the boys understand that this is a very important part to our, our season, mm-hmm. that they have to do the fundamental training and, and uh, time for their own individual game to improve and their bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that, that part is, it's, this is sometimes some kids don't take this advantage of this time, but mm-hmm. we're very fortunate. We have a couple, we have Darren McClinton, yeah. who's just yeah. a renowned skills trainer. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I've seen you in the gym with him yeah, for once or he's, twice. He's helped me with my game. I, yes. I pre- appreciate everything Darren does. He's definitely a high-level trainer. We're He's fortunate great at what to he have does. him. Great yes. at what he and does. And then we have a, a strength coach. That's where the guys are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it, it's we're extremely fortunate that um, our off-season program is run by two very accomplished men. Mm-hmm. And then what about during the season? You, it's a grind. It, can be hard you go through winning streaks the highs but then you also go through some losing streaks the lows how do you keep your play- players level through that oh um well i got to keep the coach level first jake <laughs> that, that's number one all right but uh, every day you wake up and you you sort of get a feel for your team and um there are certain members of your team that you talk with so you can get a uh, um their emotional barometer for mm-hmm. the for the squad. Um, you know, I, I think the first thing is you got to prevent your team from losing yeah, first. So of course, we got to make sure we take care of what we do well, and mm-hmm. um, and then game plan. And we have several scouts. Sean Kane will go and watch games, mm-hmm. and longtime friend of mine, fellow coach Bob Brown, would develop a game plan. So um, for us, it, it's every game is different. So we try to. Uh, uh, adjust our attack and challenge the boys mentally as much as physically mm-hmm. so therefore yeah. it doesn't become a grind because mm-hmm. if it was the same thing night in night out then it becomes a drudgery and um right. it's not fun and uh that's the last thing that uh, high school basketball should ever be it's, it's got to be fun yeah, yeah agreed i think that's perfect completely hit on everything um what has been your most i mean we know i ran through all the accomplishments i see championships being selected to coach the mcdonald's all-american game but maybe not. it's not necessarily winning the game or hoisting a banner. What has been your most, or what is your most fulfilling experience as a coach? Oh, uh, fulfilling experience? I got a chance to coach my son, mm-hmm. and um, he was on some very good teams at Bullis. And um, it, 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 there's an adage that if your son plays for you, he's got to be either the best team, mm-hmm. best player, the worst player, uh, because anything else is is rough, it's a gray area. and uh, my son Brian was not. He was sort of middle of the pack, but mm-hmm. he was in the game at the very end when we won uh, the 2004 IC championship, and the coach from the other team took his team uh, starters mm-hmm. off the floor, so I was able to substitute each of those players and mm-hmm. uh, give them a hug because mm-hmm. each one of them had their own journey yeah. and one of them being uh, my son. Special. And that's just uh, that's special. Uh, Jakey, I get uh, goosebumps <laughs> now just how lucky I am to experience yeah, that. That's, that's super special. But the real answer, and not to cut you off, oh, is no. yeah, uh, go ahead. that we're fortunate at, sometimes at private schools that uh, kids come back. Mm-hmm. And so, so many players will come back and be a part of things and um that fulfilling is to see these once boys grow up to be men and see where their careers take them and mm-hmm. still want to be connected to bullets that yeah. means uh you feel like you're doing something right when mm-hmm. they come back yeah and really i mean that's kind of what i'm getting at with this coach's corner podcast because of course anyone who looks you up on the internet is like, oh his best moment was probably coaching the McDonald's All-American game. And not that that wasn't special, not taking anything away from that, but that's 100% what I'm going for, just 
getting to know people within the sport and getting to know coaches that and that's a special experience and a crazy story even i've never met your son and was two years old in 2004 but get goosebumps hearing about that story 14 jake yeah. you come on 14 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and moving on to that and like you said coaches and players and teams always go through highs and lows and that's obviously a super high what's the hardest experience for you as a coach on a day in day out basis Ooh, uh, you, you talked earlier about the grind of a season. Mm -hmm. So taking that uh, figurative thermometer of your team mm -hmm. to push and challenge when appropriate and back up mm -hmm. and, and loosen up yeah. when appropriate. Mm -hmm. And so you, you don't want to be too far in either direction, mm -hmm. um, but just getting a feel for what's the right attack for that moment mm -hmm. yeah I mean, it's definitely a balance from i know even from a player's perspective you gotta know when to have fun with it and loosen up but then also lock in and take things more seriously also from a coach's perspective same thing yes sir yes um sir. and like we talked about before the iac it's very competitive conference in the dmv area lots of talent coming out of the dmv area who's the hardest player you've ever had to game plan for Oh, this one here. This guy's a nemesis, Joe McDonald. Uh -huh. Joe McDonald, <laughs> that guy, because he was uh, he, could, he he's now a coach at George Washington, mm -hmm. I think, and he was a very good player there. Uh, led them to the NIT championship and uh, NCAA tournament. Might have been his junior year, mm -hmm. but Joe was just a winner, and, and you tried to do different things to take him out of his game and he just wouldn't let you mm -hmm. uh, so yeah joey mack would be the number one choice and the all kelly nemesis <laughs> team in the ice. yes yeah. and when you're game planning for a guy like that how much of it is watching film and preparing and so oh, his he, his tendencies are this like his shooting pockets here so if you get your hand here that's going to rattle a little bit or how much of it is just mental you're talking to the guy who you're probably going to have guarding him and saying, giving him all the confidence in the world that he can contain this guy? A little bit everything, Jake. Mm -hmm. A little bit everything. I, I think a lot of it, um, I mean, like the talking to portion might be sometimes overrated. Yeah. I, I think um, you have to do it in practice and try to create situations that the player can relate to, that which will transfer to a game. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you can have the best game plan and the player execute the game plan, but the other guy is just better better or and in joe's case he just had a, a will to win mm -hmm. so that made him uh, even doubly more difficult to cover yeah and i just want to go into talking about bullis specifically now i i don't know if you guys are still wearing the shooting shirts but i saw them a couple years ago they said be a good teammate on them yes what does that mean Obviously, that's a general statement. Being a good teammate can mean a million things. It could mean making the extra pass, standing up to give your teammate a high five when they come out. What does that mean specifically to Bullis, and how does that contribute to your overall philosophy? The beauty of the statement is it has multiple meanings mm -hmm. and applicable in all of the scenarios you just played out mm -hmm. and many more if you had more time to think yeah. about. It. But I, I think it's the specific point is that um, w if we're going to be good, we've got to be good together. Mm -hmm. And so if you are a good teammate, that means you're thinking of someone beside yourself, a greater cause, mm -hmm. a greater mission. Mm -hmm. um, and 
so that shirt or that saying mm. sort of uh, is indicative of our mission of trying to win together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like that a lot, and I wish high school would get those shirts. But Bloom, are you listening, Blooms? Come on, <laughs> I, I'm gonna have him on in a couple weeks. So Here we go. Maybe I'll ask him what our shooting shirts are gonna say for this year. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll get to him. <laughs> um, and talking about that being what a good being a good teammate means sometimes it means sacrificing for your other teammates and sometimes it means taking matters into your own hands sometimes you could make the extra pass but if you're a better shooter than the person in the corner are you doing your teammates an injustice by passing up the shot how do you find the balance by letting your talented players kind of play their own game example Vado Morse a player you've had for the past few years we all know he can go on tears he's a microwave scorer but sometimes he would take some shots that I'm sure you're laughing as a coach, not the best shots. How do you find the balance between letting your players play and playing their game, but also keeping the best interest of the team in mind? Uh, I am laughing. Uh, <laughs> I think a, a younger uh, Coach Kelly would have been astonished of some of the shots that Votto has <laughs> taken over the last two years. But it, it, you know, people have asked me that because mm-hmm. that's not normally how we play. But I saw how hard Vado worked with Darren. I've I've seen him in the gym. I mean, there were some shots where you could be guarding him and you could play the best defense of your life, and it didn't matter. And he earned it. He mm-hmm. earned that that um, I guess privilege to take the shot. But he earned the right because he really worked hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would leave us, and he would go downtown. And um, there's Hanif Hill, who's a renowned skills trainer in mm-hmm. the area, and Vado grew up going to Hanif and, and with Darren t- as well. So I would say that normally those shots would not be allowed, mm-hmm. but he put the time in and, and um, I think the proof's in the pudding that he made a good share. And, yeah, definitely. Um, I like to point out that we won <laughs> at a significant true. rate. Yeah, so that's true. Um, that was the best plan for that team. Mm-hmm. I think this team will be more balanced than, than mm-hmm. the past two years. So – what do you think a major strength of this year's team is compared to last, or not even compared to last year's group, just in general? What would you say is your team's biggest strength this year? Multiple skill players, mm-hmm. multiple multiple guys who can score and multiple guys who can uh, handle it. So it's it, it won't be the responsibility of one person. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the part that gets me excited. A little hop in my step is that uh, <laughs> several guys can can score. And and Jakey, you look at the the game these days, and so many kids are are going to trainers like yourself, yeah. and you're yeah. working on your game. And that I mean, growing up, and it, it, everybody would just you go to the park and play. Mm-hmm. But now guys. Uh, and girls go to trainers and they, the offensive ability is, is just really profound yeah. in yeah. how good these guys are. Mm-hmm. Very true. I mean, you guys coming off two very successful seasons last year and the year before, IC champions two years ago, but losing Vado is a huge piece for you guys. I mean, probably the focal point of your offense, the point guard, main scorer, how is that gonna? How how do you expect these guys to respond to losing a big piece like that? And how do you expect them to step up? Oh, I think they're very excited about the opportunity to take more shots. In the game. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be okay. They're, during the summertime, they got they got adjusted very quickly, Jake. It was not a problem. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, and what would be a challenge for this year's team? Well, we're uh, a little slight, mm-hmm. and, and so. Uh, 
there was a famous coach, Charles Barkley's coach at mm-hmm. Auburn, as a matter of fact, uh, Sonny Smith. And yeah. um, I, I worry about being big brothered, uh-huh. right? And so sometimes you, your little brother, you're doing all you can, but the other guy's just got a little more uh, thickness and mm-hmm. strength and experience and years. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes look around the league, and there's some teams in our league that are a little bit stronger yeah. than we are. And so that's that's the, why we're uh, putting a little more emphasis on the weight room so we, mm-hmm. we don't get big brothered. Yeah. Yeah. And is there any coach, you saw, you just referenced Charles Barkley's coach at Auburn, is there a particular coach that over the years you've just looked up to and tried to model your philosophy after and really paid attention to what they did? Well, the, the coach that I model so much about is, is Dick Myers, who was the original coach at Gonzaga mm-hmm. before Coach Turner. And I was, worked for Dick, and, and uh, he just taught me how to run a program and how to run a practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most every time when I'm doing a uh, preparation for practice, I, I, I use Dick's model. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the modern game, it would be hard not to look at the success that Villanova has had. Yeah, and, yeah um, for sure. And the way they play and the spirit they play with and just the offensive uh, uh, freedom. But there's discipline to that freedom. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, they encompass all of the the driving and offensive playmaking ability with a disciplined yeah. best shot for Villanova so I think it was a two-part answer yeah there. I, th- I mean we're we're huge Michigan fans and we were at the national championship game last year and as a bas- as a fan of Michigan it was crushing to see it but as like a true basketball fan it was crazy to watch them just get like open three after open three after open three and just the unselfish basketball that they play with having two first round picks three first round picks on the roster and still playing that unselfish basketball, buying into the system, I think everyone should look up to that and strive to be like that. Well, don't shy away. John Beeline is about as good yeah, as they get. Trust me. Yes, trust me. He we is, do not take him for granted. Oh, and, I, and I, what I love about John Beeline is that um, uh, John Beeline, as a matter of fact, John Beeline's college coach, uh, John Beeline's uncle, excuse mm-hmm. me, John Beeline's uncle is the guy who was a head coach at LeMoyne where Dick Myers played basketball mm-hmm. and so I can recall the Dick telling this story all the time he went back to his college coach and complained coach they can't do this coach they can't do that and the guy's name was John Nyland uh-huh. and John just said um, all right just cancel the season cancel the season you guys can't do it <laughs> and the point was if your players can't do it then you've got to coach them yeah. or adjust something mm-hmm. and that's why John Beeline went to the two guard offense many years ago mm-hmm. because the point guard he had couldn't handle the whole load yeah. just a little factoid there for no you, yeah <laughs> appreciate it yes. appreciate it we definitely do not take him for granted one of the best coaches in college basketball clearly and we did bring up the McDonald's All-American game earlier and I just have to ask you about that I've been fortunate enough to go to the past three McDonald's All-American games. Unfortunately, I started going after your coaching. It's all good. But it's I've also and I've been to the practices and the practices are where the baselines are aligned with NBA scouts and it's a lot of it's a high pressure situation for people going against these high level guys. In running the practice, how much of it is just rolling the ball out and letting them play, but also how much of it is giving them a structure so they can play the best of their abilities? Uh, Jakey, I, I was nervous mm-hmm. going up there, yeah. just thinking, I'm just a regular high school coach. It could have been uh, thousands of other yeah. people, and I'm just fortunate that I had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, Jake, I, I mean, you're right. You have two parallel courts. We, ours was at the Chicago Athletic Center, so we, we were two parallel courts. The mm-hmm. West was 
to the left of us uh-huh. and you see NBA scouts in the baseline. Yeah. So I had a great idea. We're going to start off with dribble tag. Mm-hmm. And either I didn't explain it well or the guys <laughs> never played tag. So it was a complete <laughs> flop. So I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. Okay. So now we're going to go to the second drill. Uh-huh. And then it's like a, a, a one-on-one drill. So we preface it, say, all right, fellas, we play one-on-one. You got three dribbles. Pick your opponent. Let's see what's going on. Uh-huh. Then all of a sudden I hear uh, uh, off to the side, I got Jalen. I got Jalen. Uh-huh. It was Ben Simmons, the number one recruit in mm-hmm. the country, yeah. calling out Jalen Brown, the number two recruit in the country. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the whole intensity of the <laughs> level practice went up. Out of the side of my eye, I saw the NBA scouts leaving the West practice to come down to ours. Um, I'll ever, forever be in the tank for Ben Simmons because he gave me respect. Yeah. Uh, I can honestly say we ran practice mm-hmm. th- those yeah. uh, days. Yeah. Um, and the guys got after it. And yeah. It was all Ben's lead from that second day. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always, I got Jalen. I got Jalen. <laughs> that's Jaylen. great. That's a great awesome. story. Yes. And I mean, I think that's. Interesting, which you put the emphasis on practice. I mean, been been going there three years. You see some people, they just let them throw the ball out. And at the end of the day, that's not like the best quality of basketball that these guys can put out. And planning it around schoolwork, I don't always have the time to go to three practices and the game. It's a lot of schoolwork to miss, especially since I'm still in high school. So the past couple of years, actually, I've told my mom, you know, like, the game is cool, but I'd rather see the practices. These That's where the guys really get after it. And things like that happen behind the scenes. And that's a super cool story that only a select group of people get to witness. And the practices are just really where the guys get after it. The game, it's cool and all, but at the end of the day, it's an all-star game. But I always thought it was interesting. Like, how do you handle 24 of the best players and 12 of them on your team in one practice at essentially an all-star game and keep them all happy? Well, we, uh, we were somewhat fortunate. Henry Allenson was hurt, mm-hmm. and so we only had 11. <laughs> All right, so that, that did make a difference. Yeah. Um, but you, you're, you're right going back to the, the game portion because you, you put yourself in these kids' positions. They are playing, in this case, the United Center. Yeah. Not everybody gets to play in a pro yeah. arena. Yeah. And there were, Jake, yeah, I don't know, was there 20,000 people go to these yeah, games? They, I mean, they, 15, they, 20? they fill it up pretty well they, for those games, yeah. Right? For sure. And then you have the mandatory uh, timeouts, mm-hmm. too. So there's a, a real uh, disjointed flow yeah. to the game. Mm-hmm. So And the guys only play five minutes, then you got to sub so, out. Mm-hmm. So there's multiple reasons why the game is inferior to the practice. Yeah. And, because then you get guys trying to be heroes too, but of just course, yeah. all of what I just mentioned before. Whereas practice, mm-hmm. everybody's in a lather and they're they're going for it. Mm-hmm. Then, so I agree with you. Practice yeah. is more fun. And obviously, you mentioned Ben Simmons, number one player at the time. Probably, I'm sure imposed his will and a guy like Jalen Brown. But when I was there, when I and I saw Trey Young when he was there, and I said to my mom, who's sitting next to me, I was like, this, that, that's the guy. Like he just was killing everyone and. On, even though he was only 25th in the ESPN rankings, like you could tell he was going to have a really good season next year. Being exposed to those guys at that level, was there one guy that you were like, he's not getting enough love? Well, it's um, they all were getting good love. Mm-hmm. It was Brandon Ingram was the other one who, mm-hmm. who really played well. Um, 
Jalen Brunson was in that game too. He was yeah. on the West, um, but he that format wasn't good yeah, for I mean, his that, game. He, yeah, he's it not an All Star player. No, he nope. wasn't. And I can remember thinking to myself, "Oh man, there's all sorts of guards back home just as good as he is," and, yeah, yeah. and clearly didn't do him justice because mm-hmm. he he was. He was tough. Yeah. Um, and but Antonio, Antonio Blakeney played yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a guy named Malik. Uh, went to went to Mississippi, then transferred to Kansas. Malik, Malik Newman. Malik Newman. Thanks, yeah. Jakey. But I thought Antonio completely outplayed um, Malik, Malik while he was yeah. there. Malik was the, the higher rated recruit. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's an all-star format, only three days. Yeah. But Brandon Ingram was, yeah, we could, you could tell that he was going to be mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's a real experience, and that pretty much wraps it up. I do have one last question for you. If you could, if your players could leave their experience at Bullets with one thing, what would you prefer? Or, no, let me rephrase that. If they could leave your experience at Bullets with one thought, they could only remember one thing that you're telling them, what would you want it to be? Ooh, okay, so one like lesson. One lesson. I guess be a good teammate, Jake. Be a good teammate. Yeah, because it, it's so applicable uh, applicable to life, right? Yeah. Your teammate could be you could be a good husband. Mm-hmm. You know, make up your bed. Do mm-hmm. you do the dishes? Yeah. Take out the trash. I mean, if be a good son. So there's so many applications that uh, I guess you know Belichick has that phrase like do your job. Do your job. Yeah. Be a, be a good teammate is. Hey, you, you, you're in partnerships with all these people in your life, and if you're a good teammate, you're holding your end of that partnership. Mm-hmm. All right. Once again, can't thank you enough for being the pilot for the Coach's <laughs> Corner. <laughs> Jake, this is so much fun. Thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it. And if like, it. somebody backs out last minute, come on back. We'll do it again. <laughs> right. I will. I will. Definitely. We'll stay in touch, and thank you again. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Bye, Jake. That was fun, Jake.